If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. There's been so much talk about the new season of Real Housewives of Potomac, who's coming back, who isn't coming back, and is Miss Candace Dillard coming back? We've talked about it a lot here on this podcast. Well, you know what? Today, we are going to share our chat, another one, a classic, that I feel is just lost on the back feed. Um, Our chat with Candace Dillard from over a year ago, actually, uh, right after everything happened with Monique. So... Prior to last season, I don't know. I think this is a classic. I think it shows kind of a different side of Candace, personally. A lot of people DM'd and said they liked Candace a lot better after this. Not that that was the goal, but here's a classic. Potomac cast, guys, is going to be announced very soon, my sources tell me. So enjoy the first half of this chat with Miss Candace Dillard. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today. We have a lot to get to because we are joined by the one, the only, hot off, I don't even know what to say about this season, Miss Candace Dillard Bassett. Hi. Hello. As I say, hello. I'm here. We have good just so much. It's good to see you too. What have you been up to? What are you up to? Tell me everything. Oh my God. Well, um, I'm like everybody, I'm trying to stay sane. I'm trying to, you know, maintain some level of normalcy. Like I try to eat at normal times. I try to like check. I was just thinking earlier today, like, I feel like I'm losing cognitive skills. Like you forget how to talk, right. And how to just be a human around people because you're, we've just been sequestered for so long for, for the entire year. So that's been a struggle, you know, as it has been, I'm sure, for everybody. I'm in school. I'm getting my master's in business administration at Howard University, uh, my my alma mater. And so we just finished my accounting class, and that almost took me out. Like, like accounting can go to hell. I know we need it for life, but accounting can go to hell. Like, I, I hated it. So we just finished for the first term yesterday. So wow. I had two glasses of wine to celebrate that. And, you know, I'm, I'm also celebrating the end of another era. That would be season five of The Real Housewives of Potomac. Drop the mic, we're done. I can't tell you how happy I am to be done with it, you know? I'm sure that the fans are sad. I'm not, I have to say. I, okay, there's so much to unpack right there. First of all, I majored in accounting. I'm a CPA. <gasps> I used to, so anytime you need help with accounting. Where have you been? I don't know. Like, where have you been? Okay, well, we have econ next term. So I will, I'm gonna call this you is, crying. 
Okay. I'm like a closet smart person. Before this, I used to practice corporate <laughs> tax law back in like another lifetime. That is crazy. Did you, so how did you just start? Cause I, I, I know you're getting your MBA from Howard. Like when did you decide to do that? Like just after all the drama from, and we're going to get into the season. You just said, I need to oh complicate my yeah. life more. And I think I need an MBA now. Yeah. Well, no, I am crazy in that way where if I feel like I'm not doing enough, if I'm doing 27 things, like the, like the person inside of me says, no, 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 you need to add 15 more things to the 27 you're already doing. But for my master's, I've always wanted to obtain an advanced degree. I grew up in a household where my parents were physicians. They had advanced degrees. Education was always very important to me growing up, and it was instilled in me very early. So I always knew, I used to want to be a doctor. And then wow. when I discovered that math and science were not really my friends, I had to sort of veer off and take a different path. And so I, I majored in journalism at Howard for my undergraduate degree. And I thought I was going to be Frederica Whitfield and like anchor the weekend news on CNN. Um, I love writing. I love writing copy. I love producing. I love being in front of the camera, behind the camera. I loved all of it. And then I kind of veered off into politics and then pageantry. And now I'm a household. It's like my, it's, it's a mess. It's all a mess. But education was always at the foundation of that. So I always kind of felt this pressure to have to have another, another degree because my parents are doctors, you know, and my parents' friends are all PhDs and, you know, four or five master's degrees. That's just what I grew up around. So for me, success is equated to education. And it was just a matter of finding the degree that I wanted to get and that I would enjoy. And as an entrepreneur, as a business owner growing up around business, it makes sense that I should want to pour more into myself and supplement what I already know about business with an MBA. So boom, here she is crying over accounting homework on her MBA program. But I mean, in a way, because I'm just like you, what is your sign? Like what's your... Oh, I'm, I'm a Sag. My birthday is on the 14th of this month. Wow. Because I need yeah. to do 800 things at once too. So I get it. But what is your sign? Gemini. Oh my God. You all are crazy. Y'all are nuts. We're fun though. We're a lot of fun. You are a lot of fun. I will say that. I dated a Gemini and he was a lot of fun, but he was a freaking nut. The, the evil twin. We just, we, we got a lot going on in our minds, yes. but like you, I need to do 9,000 things. things at once. And I, I have a hard time saying no, like I could find yes. the like glimmer in like, I'm like 90% of this sounds awful. And then wait, I, yes. I know how to make this work and why not yes. add this? Why not? Yeah. And then but you also, do it and you're like, I wish, I wish I said why no. Why am I doing this? Yeah. But also I'll add to that too. I do feel like our society has created this culture of, I got to hustle. I got to be on my grind at all times. If I'm not dying because I'm like juggling 20 balls, that didn't sound right, but juggling, you know, 27 things, then, then you're, you're failing at life. And I feel like that school of thought is not healthy. And I think that wow. we need to start to embrace you know, a school of thought that says it's okay to take a break. It's okay to go on vacation. It's okay to focus all of your energy into one thing and be great at that one thing. And I'm talking, I'm preaching to myself here and to you too, I think. But yeah. I think that's, a, that's like a, a part of this, this unhealthy, like the married to the grind culture that is not always healthy. Well, I live in New York City, so. Oh it's, my God. It's even, yeah. I don't even know. But yeah. 
I mean, did it at least help, you know, because we're home with COVID, like you kind of timed yeah. your MBA right, right? So funny story. I had been putting off um, applying for the MBA because I was going to have to retake the GRE. My scores are like really, really old. I think it's five or seven years they last and you have to retake it. And then the test was different. And I was dreading having to study yeah. for the GRE. It's like the bane of my existence is standardized tests. Um, so that was holding me up. So then this is just a note to everybody as well. Like universities right now are like hurting for money because they had to refund a lot of these students, these undergraduate students who were sent home at the beginning of COVID. So a lot of universities are waiving um, the standardized tests, they're waiving oh, fees wow. just to entice people to come in and, and give them, essentially give them, give you their money. Um, so they, I, it, it was, it wasn't an easy process because you still had to do all of the chasing down the recommendation letters and writing the, the, um, the mission statement or writing your, your de declaration statement, whatever it's called, your declaration statement is for why you want to attend this university. Um, like chasing down the the administrators to get my um, my uh, transcripts, like transcripts, all like yeah, all that stuff, and then just mentally preparing. I took um, like a statistics course just to prepare my mind for um, an MBA. So there's a lot of work that goes into it, but it is this is the time to yeah. go back and get your degree. And then my friend, Calvin, who's doing the course with me, we decided to do it together. He said to me, Candace, this is the best time. You're never going to be in a position like you are in right now where you're at home, you have to be at home. This is the best time to get your degree. You're never gonna have a time like this ever again. God willing. You know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't ever wanna be in the situation again, right? But. No, this was the best time. So I had to kind of hustle um, at the end of the summer to, to get all my paperwork together to meet the debt. I barely made the deadline. And thank God, for whatever reason, they let me in. And so now I'm getting this degree. And no standardized test. So that's, but I have to ask, because you mentioned letters of recommendation. Did you get, ask anyone on the cast to write you? Because since everyone likes to write letters these days, apparently. Oh, yeah. Right. See, now I'm bringing the shade early on, and I don't usually bring shade in interviews. I must feel comfortable with you. Bringing the shade. Seriously. Oh, my God. No, I would, no shade. I, the qualifications don't quite measure up for what I needed in this group to write a recommendation letter for me. No, I, I had pretty awesome recommendation letters. I had one of my former bosses at the White House write me a letter. I had, um, my favorite professor who is now like in this works in the superintendent's office in uh the state of or i'm from georgia from in the state of georgia he wrote my letter one of my other letters and my third one was a former a former employer from somewhere from the, i worked at the w my former employer at the w uh -huh. so two of my my letters were pretty they were pretty good well if you ever need help with accounting you know who to call i absolutely will i will I need your number. I will call you for sure because I promise you, I was crying. I was crying. Speaking of Georgia, did you love growing up in Atlanta? I loved, I love the South. I am, I'm a Southern girl at heart through and through. I always will be. Um, my family is from the South. My, my mom and my dad are both from Alabama. 
Um, I was born in Biloxi, Mississippi. My dad was in the Air Force. We actually moved up here to the, Mar to the, the DC, Maryland, Virginia area for a while. And then we settled in Georgia where most of my family, a lot of my family is. So I, I literally am a Georgia peach, like in my soul. I'm also a Washingtonian. I've lived in DC now for over 15 years. I came here to go to Howard undergrad and I just, I never left. But I, like in my heart, I'm a Southern girl. I'm a Southern belle with a little, a little spice, a little ginger on top. But no, I, I absolutely loved my childhood and growing up in the South. There's just something so special about Southern hospitality and the air in Georgia when it's not pollen season, of course, and just the people. It's just, it's, it's a wonderful place to grow up and raise a family. Do you watch Southern Charm on Bravo? I, I watch, yeah. I watch New to. Orleans. New Orleans. I've never really gotten into the original until I did see that Southern Charm is adding some color to the scene, which I was very excited about. And so one of the girls, Vanita Aspen, I think is her name, she interviewed me as a part of this Bravo Instagram thing. And she's so sweet, beautiful woman, beautiful girl. She just posted that she was on with um, Megan Pickney, who is a former Miss South Carolina USA. I don't know her personally, but I know her. I'm a pageant girl knows another pageant girl. And it was just a, a smattering, like a sprinkle of color. And I was this, like, oh. They're mixing it up. It. I love mix, it. It's, I love it's it. good. And they have There's a, a new Persian, Persian the yes. Persian girl. Yes. I, so I am, my interest is peaked now where it was not really before, if I'm being honest. It's a good season, but I never saw the New Orleans, but I get so many DMs from people that listen to the show that tell me, you need to have all the cast members of New Orleans on. So people are requesting oh, them. They, so when we did Giselle's um, trip to New Orleans last season, they, we invited the cast to one of, uh, to Giselle's father, um, Mr. Graves, his birthday party. And a lot of the cast came. They're amazing. They're hilarious. They're, they're all gorgeous. They're just like, just drops of chocolate and just gorgeousness. And they're, they're super fun. Like, they're amazing, super fun people. I think you're giving me another Bravo show to watch, which is... Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's entertaining. It's really entertaining. And, like, the drama with... Um, what's her name? Reagan and her ex-husband. And then she gets, she gets pregnant. She, like, leaves her husband, the, the redheaded guy. And then she meets this new guy. And then she's pregnant in, like, five minutes. And then she's getting married. And the husband, the ex-husband is running down the street in the middle of the night and it's, I'm gonna have to watch it yeah it's good what about being a pageant girl did you how did you get into that did you love being a pageant girl I pageantry is like my sport I started competing when I was like five years old my mom put me in my first pageant at five years old um and I just never gave it up I had to end up like begging her to allow me to keep competing because it's a lot of work on her to have to like take me to find the dress and the interview outfit and like the, the optional of the talent outfit. And then she's getting me dressed backstage. She's doing my makeup and my hair. So it was, and then like practicing questions, like all of that stuff. She was like my pageant mom with all of that. And she, it wasn't her favorite thing, but I loved it. It pageantry has taught me so much about how to survive on a reality show full of nutty women, um, how to be scrappy and very savvy and, you know, how to speak in front of a crowd or speak 
you know, in an interview such as this, like it just, it teaches you so many life skills when you really put your all into it. I have a pageant consulting firm where I actually help women find their brand and figure out how to compete and where best to compete. And we teach them stage presence and onstage question, public speaking. We work with them on their bios, just finding who they are. So it's, that's my, my, my sport. I love me some pageantry. Wow. Was the competitiveness, I mean, and all of that of pageantry, I mean, is that true? Am I making that backstory up or is it really like what you think? I'll admit it. As important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all in one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. Bombas's mission is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you're also giving to someone who's in need. Bombas designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the most comfortable clothes you can't wait to put on every day. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, which is my favorite part, and has a luxurious, cozy feel. Now you guys are listening to my podcast, so you're all reality TV fans. I'm sure you've seen Bombas on Shark Tank. Shout out Damon John. And listen, Do you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. Their socks come in so many colors and patterns. So far, Bombas customers like yourself have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash velvet and get 20% off any purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash velvet for 20% off. Bombas.com slash velvet. Think back to when you were younger, when some more senior folks in your life told you, appreciate what you have while you have it. You know that saying, youth is wasted on the young? Well, let me tell you, it's true. As I age, I've turned to NAD plus supplementation. It's really become an important part of my health routine. Staying youthful in so many different ways, including energy, is really important to me. NAD, you may not know, is found in every single cell of your body, but the body doesn't have an endless supply. Actually, your NAD plus levels decline as you increase in age. That's why I've turned to Basis by Elysium Health. Basis has increased my energy. I'm less tired. It's actually even helped with my workouts. And do you know at Elysium Health, they have dozens of the world's best scientists working with them and eight are Nobel Prize winners. So here's a special offer for you guys, my Behind the Velvet Rope listeners. Go to trybasis.com slash velvet and enter code velvet at checkout to save 10% off basis prepaid plans as well as other Elysium Health supplements. 
This episode is sponsored by Skillshare. Skillshare is the world's largest online community for creativity. Members around the world turn to Skillshare for discovering inspiration, learning new skills, and putting their talents to work in ways that they care about. When I first turned to Skillshare, I wanted to take a class on entrepreneurship. But man, I got lost in the rabbit hole of Skillshare in a really good way. They have so many classes to choose from, and it's such a nurturing, fostering community of creativity. The best The best class that I just took was Productivity for Creatives. There are freaking not enough hours in the day, and I am always trying to find better ways to be creative. I didn't think it was possible, but this class really helped me. And they cover so many categories, illustration, graphic design, photography, lifestyle, productivity, my personal favorite, marketing, music, entrepreneurship. Need I go on? Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash velvet and get a one month free trial. That's one month free at Skillshare.com slash velvet. So it's like anything, there's always a little bit of sensationalism attached to it. So like toddlers and tiaras on the TLC show, um, there is some truth to that. I personally never experienced anyone like, you know, cutting up my dress or cutting the top off my lipstick or, you know, being really mean to me. Some of my best friends are my pageant sisters. We call it, they're, they're my pageant sisters. I call them my pageant sisters. And, you know, it's, it's such a broad and vast network of people that you meet. Like when I need legal advice, legal advice, when I need a, a doctor, when I need, you know, a designer, whatever you need, pageant women make up every facet of every career that you could ever think of. And they just, they're, they're, my friends are amazing women. I have heard stories, however, I will say of, you know, people being mean or, you know, misplacing a shoe. So that does happen. It never happened to me though. I, the pageant gods were smiling on me. So I didn't, I didn't have that experience. See, that's good. So you came to DC to go to Howard and then you fell in love and stayed in the area. So where did you meet Chris? So I met Chris at a restaurant. So I was working. So in 2013, I was, reigning as Miss United States and you really couldn't have like a full-time job because you're traveling all the time but I wanted to have just a little extra money so I started working um, at a restaurant in DC that ended up turning into more of a full-time position so I ended up working as the assistant marketing and finance director at this, at this restaurant and Chris was a manager there and we literally met, just he came in his first day or his first week and he introduced himself to me. Hey, I'm the new manager. And I was like, oh, hey, okay, whatever. And then we ended up working at the, there were two locations. We ended up working at the same location together. And it's really like small office. If you've ever been in a restaurant, you know, the offices in a restaurant are like this big. Yeah. And we, would, we just started talking as friends. He was divorced. He had kids. And I always said, I will never marry a man who is divorced. I'll never marry a man that has kids. I will never date. I don't want to date a man like that. That's just, it's just counterproductive for me. So I ended up telling him this because he kind of was flirting with me. And I showed him a picture of my kitchen and he was like, oh, when can I come cook in your kitchen? And I was like, nope, no, thank you. And we, so from then on, we kind of, I think that, that eased any like thoughts of him thinking that he would get to be anything more than friends. So we were just friends for years, like three or four years, we were just friends. We left that restaurant, 
kept in touch, would hang out in like groups. And then we worked together again at the W and he was like flirting with me a little bit. And I launched my pageant consulting firm while I was working there. And he took me out to celebrate and he takes me to this really nice restaurant. And I'm thinking, this is not something that a friend does. This is more than a friend. And from that day to this day, we have been together. Like we, we left the restaurant, went to two other bars, fell asleep in my car talking. And then he came over the next night and the next night, and the next night, and the next night. And we just, we, he never left. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that all worked out, right? It did, yeah, I would say so. I still like him. That, you know what? That's good because yeah. I think there's a lot of married people that don't necessarily like each other. So. Listen, and quarantine, honey, will reveal those truths. Very right? Quickly. Yeah. A lot of people learned about their spouses in a way they maybe didn't think they would. A lot, And there was a lot of divorce, I feel totally. like. Totally. That happened in quarantine. Like people just maybe were thinking about it and they pulled the trigger because COVID just like exacerbated everything. Totally. I think either that or you're like, wow, I married the right person. It's one of those or. So that's so funny. So we actually did a panel with three other couples. And that was one of the questions. What's the biggest lesson you've learned in quarantine as a married couple? And we both said that quarantine has taught us that we married the right person. Like I'm, if I wasn't sure before, I'm, I'm 100% sure now that Chris is my person and I'm his person. And we, that, that was something that became very clear to us. Thanks that's to quarantine. Good. That's, yeah. So that's good. Yeah. I like him. Well, that's, you know, now before <laughs> we get it, I got lots of questions about acting and singing and your businesses. You go, you do, you, you do it all, but let's, let's, before we get there to all these exciting yeah. things that you're doing, let's just take a trip down the RHOP lane for a second. Yes. Yeah. Well, here's yeah. my question. So before you're even involved in this, like, were you a fan? You don't have to say yes. Like, are you, were you a fan of, like, reality TV? Like, did you watch Bravo? Like, are you just a reality TV fan? Oh, or? Yeah. Oh, of course. I think you, you, you're, you'd be remiss if you did not at least study it a little bit before you, you know, you dive into this ocean of craziness that is reality TV. But yes, I was a, I've always loved reality TV, starting, I think, with The Real World. I love The Real World. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched At- Atlanta Housewives was the first show I watched because I'm from Atlanta. So it's like, oh my God, who are these women on this show? Where are they eating? Who do they know? Like, you wanted to know all those things. And then, obviously, when Potomac started, one of my first questions was, where was I when they was casting for this? Because, like... You're, I'm I'm cute and funny and entertaining, and it's funny because I said to we were watching the show in bed, and I was like, I should be on the show, like that should just be a thing, and literally, then or two years later, they were reaching out to me, so I kind of spoke that into existence, which you know I've regretted many times this year, but <laughs> overall, it's it's been a crazy experience, but yeah, reality TV has always kind of been a part of my my tv repertoire did you know any of the atlanta women like did you watch and say oh like my like i don't know if your parents still live there or anything like that or no you just yeah. you knew like the places but you didn't know any of them you no so it. we yes i i knew all the places um through several degrees of separation um a friend of my mom's was friends with lisa Wu, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then Candy, when she came on, Candy actually briefly mentored a girl group that I was in when I was in high school. Um, and I, and uh, one of my best friends, co-workers, friends is friends with Phaedra. So you would hear like, and when you like know people who know people who know reality stars, you just hear a lot of gossip. It's like, oh, my so-and-so knows this person and they told me that they cheat on their husbands on Saturdays. Like, so it's, it's like just just gossip that you hear. But it's, right. I never, I didn't personally know any of the Atlanta women. And now that you're on a show, you know just how valid all that gossip is and how you know much you should or should not pay attention to it. Absolutely. Yeah. So you literally were watching Potomac just and were like, you, you watched the first two seasons before you were reached out to. Yeah. And I, so originally I was watching because number one, I was really excited that, you know, finally we're getting another black cast because for the longest time, Atlanta was the resident, you know, cast of, of black women with every other cast being predominantly white. Yeah. So it was exciting to see, oh my God, look, finally, Bravo is giving us another cast of women of color who will, you know, hopefully show that Black women are not monolithic, that we have a lot to offer, that we're diverse, that we, you know, we're funny and we're interesting and that we have lives that are just as worthy of, you know, this platform as anybody else. So I watched originally to support the show because I wanted it to do well for those reasons. And then I think after their first season, it was like a lot of mixed reviews and a lot of my friends had, would say like, oh, you know, I, it's boring. I don't really like it. It's not my thing. And I'm like, no, we got to give it a chance. This show has to do well. I want a Black show on Bravo to do well. And it got better. And then, you know, season three, surprise. <laughs> yes. Well, season three is when it all changed. Like, so they just, someone just reached out to you. Like, it wasn't like you, you didn't know any of the cast members. Like, you didn't know anyone on it, per se. So I knew of Ashley Darby. And so Ashley ended up being the person who brought me on as her friend because we had the pageant connection. But no, as far as the way that they find you, they are always casting. Yeah. The network is always casting and um, looking for interesting women. It always helps when people come from within the circle because it, it's a more natural, more organic um, in. So for example, I knew Wendy for a short time before she was brought onto the show. So it made sense for her to come in as my friend. And I'm so glad that she did. She had, I think, an amazing debut season. Yes. It's amazing to see uh, another woman of color who is dark skinned, um, who is also so intelligent, so smart she, with her four degrees and she's proud of it. I, I think she just, she, she shows a, yet another side of Black women, women of color, of all hues on this platform that you don't normally get to see. So I'm very excited for her entrance. I think she had a great season too. I yeah. mean, I don't know who would think she, like, I, she's been, I don't know how anyone could think she hasn't. Like, she's been, you know. Yeah. No, she, she, she did her job. She, she came in, she did what she needed to do. But there's always, like you said, you could be, you know, sitting in your room, as I like to say, counting pennies, and somebody's going to find something wrong and complain about yes. something that you're doing. So, you know, but. Or you say something and one little word is off and someone's like. Yeah. Oh, my God. 
you know, you should be more upset about this or what I'm like, yeah, what? Yeah. Yeah. So having watched this show for two years and then being part of it in the third season, were you like, did any, was there any reservations you had, like having watched it? Was Chris on board? Was your mother on board? Was everyone on board? Or were you all like, this is going to be great, but I'm not so 100% sure. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Why would you want to look all over for candidates that are not going to be qualified? How do you think I've staffed this entire office that helps me run this Behind the Velvet Rope podcast? Indeed, do you think I have time to spend hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates that might have the right skills? Indeed makes it easy to hire and offer so much. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of qualified candidates with resumes that actually match your job description. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash Velvet. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash Velvet to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash Velvet. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From Wondering, Rich and Daily is a podcast you guys have to check out. What do they deal with? They give you your daily dose of celebrity gossip. Is there anything we like here better behind the velvet rope, you guys, than celebrity gossip? You know the answer is no. Kim and Pete? Courtney and Travis? Is there going to be a wedding? Of course, but when is the wedding going to be? What is Chris Jenner going to plan this wedding? So many questions. They keep us posted on everything. Hosts Brooke Schifrin and Arisha Skidmore-Williams. They're comedians, they're besties, and they're the perfect guides to spill all the celebrity tea. They'll keep you up to speed on the secrets, the scandals, the news, and the entertainment world. It's like a one-stop shop for your celebrity gossip. And look, Brooke and Arisha, they're like me. They don't hold back on nothing. They tell it like it is. What's fact? What's fiction? Don't worry. Brooke and Arisha will get to the bottom of it. Listen to Rich and Daily on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or you can listen and free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Look what's going on in our world today, especially in our world of reality TV, Twitter, and Instagram. We see people posting that look beautiful and glamorous and rich, and they look like they have everything. And listen, it's creating a lot of self-esteem issues amongst people. If you're struggling with issues of low self-esteem or anything else, body issues, anxiety, one size does not fit all when it comes to looking for help or therapy. That's why I'm telling you, you need to turn to Talkspace. Talkspace Online Therapy gives you unlimited access to a licensed therapist that is set aside to meet your needs and help you with the issues that you're looking to work out. In today's world, everybody is so busy, but listen, Talkspace understands you need to set time aside to put yourself first. They have chat, video, audio options for live sessions, and you can get support on your own terms from any device. Get the one-size-fits-one support you need with Talkspace. Sign up today at Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with promo code VELVET. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com promo code VELVET. Well, so no, my, my mom was like, let's go, let's do this. What are we wearing? She was all into it. She was all for it. Chris had reservations, um, you know, as oftentimes husbands are kind of like, uh, what is this? 
so Chris and I kind of sat down together and decided that, yes, we're going to do this. We're going to embark on this journey together. But one of the things that we promised ourselves was that we would stay connected and stay, uh, remain a unit. And it really has been sort of us against the world in this experience, which I think is the, the best way. And we said we were going to use this platform to advance our careers and to do the things we've always wanted to do. And we've both really been able to do that. Chris with his um, Try Hungry, which is the catering company that he's able to work with now. He does cooking classes and catering classes online, obviously now because of COVID. And there are other things in the works that I can't talk about yet. Um, they're happening with Chris and his culinary prowess. And then of That's course right. with me and my music that I'm able to, I'm working on music. I've been able to connect with some of the most amazing producers and songwriters um, and labels because of my platform on this show. My BET movie, The Christmas Lottery, that's coming out this Saturday on BET at 8 p.m. These are all things that I've always wanted to do. Um, my Netflix um, appearance on Family Reunion, that should be coming out next year with Tia Mowry and Loretta Devine. Um, all of these things are because of the show. And that's, that's been the blessing is that I've been able to really use it to express my, my talent. Have you, okay, well, I was going to ask you later, but I'll ask you, have you always wanted to do acting as well? I mean, is that always something you wanted to kind of pursue? Yeah, I've been acting for years. I have, my IMDb is up and, and running. Um, so you can check that out if you wanted to see some of the smaller things that I've done. Um, but it's, I've always been an artist at heart. I've always loved theater and film. I've, I've been taking acting classes for several years. I used to take the mega bus to New York every Tuesday. I would leave work, get on the bus, get to New York. It lets you off at 27th and 7th. And then I would walk to Ripley Greer and take the class from nine to 11 then get back on the bus wow. across from the Javits Center and ride back to DC, get there at like 4 a.m. and go to work um, later that day. So, and I did that for two or three years. Wow. Um, so it's, it's always been what I knew I wanted to do. And I've always acted just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a slow and steady climb. You know, very, very, very often, not very often do you just sort of become catapulted into you know, scandal or, you know, one of the, the great big shows, but that is, that's where I am headed. I'm claiming that. Um, and that's what I've, one of the things I've always wanted to do. Did you watch Scandal? I was obsessed with Scandal. Are you kidding me? Possibly like one of the best shows ever to exist in the world. I, so I, I will tell you, and I'm kind of embarrassed about this now, but I don't like endings. I still have not watched the finale of Scandal because I don't want it to be over. I've not watched the finale of um, How to Get Away with Murder. I've not watched, I kind of gave up on Grey's. I, so I love Shonda Rhimes. I yes, love her. She's I phenomenal. Was, she's incredible. But I was so mad at her when she killed McDreamy. And then when Sandra Oh left, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't, I can't. So I had to like put Grey's to the side but I can't watch the finale of Scandal because then it'll, it'll be over. And I was obsessed with that show. I loved that show. Can I just tell you, and I'm not just saying this, so I watched the end of How to Get Away with Murder. I have not watched the end of Scandal either. I swear to God, I cannot. Oh my God, 
I, I can't, I can't, like I have it. I mean, I could watch, I just can't like the last like three or four episodes. I'm like, I have to stop now. Like, I, I don't want right. to deal with this. It just, in my mind, it has to just like, they have to live in purgatory, like in my mind right here. I can't handle it being over. Yeah, no, that's so funny. <laughs> Olivia Pope is one of the best characters in TV history. In life. Phenomenal. In life. She's legendary. She will be referenced for years to come. I, I truly believe it. I, and the cast is still so close. Yes. They always like pop in on each other. I'm like, I'm kind of hoping that, you know, I don't know, there'll be a reprise at some point. You know, I, I know Shonda is very strict about like her characters having their beginning, their middle, and their end. And like once they're gone, the, the characters resolved their, you know, whatever, and they've moved on. But I would hope that like, you know, if the public cries enough and we scream enough that maybe we could have like a little reprise or Something. a spinoff, you know, yeah. Because the whole cast was like phenomenal. It was just- it, it, Some of the best, and then just the way that they, you had to be a, cut from a certain cloth to be a part of that cast because they all had that sort of cadence where they spoke really fast and talk like this and and if you're not like this, you can't be on the show. And it's like, it was just, it was a, I don't call it a cult, but it was like, it was a club. And you had to know how to conduct yourself in this club to be a part of this cast. And they all just had it in the bag. They nailed it. Like, and I it's will, hard dialogue. Yes, it, it's a lot of right? dialogue. Yeah, I still quote Darby Stanchfield when she's like, we're going to follow you over a cliff over a cliff like it's it's just it's such a good show it's it was literally Grey's though I have to say it's still how to get away with murder the last season kind of lost me I mean I stayed that's there what I've heard I got like a little confused and I'm like yeah. I was also watching it like kind of half-assed I mean yeah so it kind of lost me but Grey's yeah. is still good is it I feel betrayed because I watched Grey's from the very, Grey's was like, Me I feel too. like my generation's ER. Like, yeah. You know, like, you know, our parents had ER. Grey's was our thing. And you become so attached to these characters because Shonda's such a great storyteller. And then it's like, people are dying and they're leaving. And then, you know, people that are being fired for, you know, saying crazy stuff. And it just, which I could handle, but you had your core. Your core was still there. So, but then it's like, Shonda, you gonna take McDreamy from me? I just, I gotta go. I have to leave. I'm packing my bags. I have to get off of this, this, camp, this campus. I can't do this anymore. I get it. But that's what I love is like, you never, like someone could really be gone. Like same with go. murder. Like real characters yes. are like, wait, you just killed Wes and how to get away with murder? Like he's the like, star of the whole show. How do you, yeah, no, it's, but I, I get attached. So you can't do that to me. Like, that's why I could never watch, um, uh, what's the show where everybody dies on HBO? Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. I, I never got into it. It's not my type Me of... neither. No. But people would say, like... People love main it. Main characters would just be axed. And you just never knew who was going to go. I can't, I can't engage with shows like that. Like, I feel like I'm being betrayed by the actors, by everyone. I, like, I need my main characters to be there. Same here. But Scandal, yeah. same thing. No ending yeah. for me. Eventually, so funny. it's on the list, but I don't, right. I, mean, I don't know what I'm waiting for. We're home during COVID, but not yet. Right. Not yet. Yeah. I, I don't feel it yet. Maybe one day, but... Not, Olivia not Pope is alive and well in my mind. The show is still going on. And in mine. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, okay. So this season, 
of Real Housewives of Potomac. So look, we all uh-huh. watched this on yes. TV. Yes. You know, but being there and going through this, like when this was taking place, I mean, you know, you were on for two seasons. You had moments. Yes, like we all I did. Well, let me ask you this. Were you shocked like when you season three, season four were on the show, like right away, you know, you watched it. Was it what you expected? Or were you like, no, these women really are actually batshit crazy and this is real drama way worse than I thought? Prior to this no. season. Prior I, to this season. Yeah. Yeah. No, when I first joined, it was probably what I expected. Um, you know, and again, because I was a steward of reality TV, I had watched it. I knew the game. I knew what I was walking into for the most part. Um, so I, I thought I was as prepared as you can be. You cannot prepare for everything because you never know how you're going to react in a situation until you are in that situation. That's just, that's the case for, and that's my philosophy for anything in life. Like you don't know until you're actually in it. So A lot of, you know, certain things that happened, like I wasn't expecting to get on that sprinter on the way to Nemecolon and get into that spat with Sharice with the geriatric granny comment. I wasn't expecting that, but in the moment, and I think that's what was entertaining about it and what I think is entertaining about my caricature on the show is that I'm always gonna have something ready. My mouth is always on fire. It's always hot. It's always lit. So, you know, that I wasn't prepared for that moment at all. And I was actually kind of like shaking as I was yelling at at Sharice. And like, I think Giselle and Robin were coming at me at one moment. It was, there was a lot going on and I, I I wasn't expecting it, but I also knew that it wasn't going to be, you know, peaches and cream because that's not what people want to see. Right. Um, but no, I, I think that I, I had a pretty, as, as good a grip as I could on my first two seasons. Yeah. That's good. And so then we get to this season. <clears throat> so here's a, one question. So this event, which has taken place. Yes. Not to make, <clears throat> not to make you relive it. Cause I'm sure that you have relived it 800 times, but you can count. You know, like, so we're all watching it on TV. Yes. Yes. You know, and that's one thing. But, like, when this was actually happening, I mean, it's nothing to do with the show, but, like, when this was happening, were you just, like, shocked? I mean, it happened quickly, I would assume. Yeah. Well, yes and no. It, 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 It happened quickly, but when I was down on the table, it felt like I was down there for, like, 10 minutes. Um... And then the, the, when I came up and Eric, our, co- our co-executive producer, is like holding me like his child, that all went fast. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, this is crazy. Um, and I was really angry. Like you, like, you psychotic person. And you hear me screaming like, you, what, you know, ratchet ass, whatever I was saying. Um, that all kind of went really fast. And then they were begging me to get in the car. And I'm like, why, why do I, why am I being asked to leave? And I felt like I was being reprimanded, not knowing that the reason that I was being begged to get into this car was because the producer that was with her was on the mic. Like she's on the loose. 
and she's that's when you see her running around the the winery like a zoo animal it's like so they they didn't know what was coming and you can't control a person who's out of control like that and it's not in any of their job descriptions to break up physical altercations our producers so they were you know concerned about my safety which is why they were asking me to get in the car but at the time i was like no why do i have to leave i didn't never but you know like that's what was going through your mind like because you didn't really know you're like why am i being reprimanded i didn't do anything yeah yeah and you know it's and you kind of see some of this we talked about this at the reunion that is starting um next week yes cue dramatic music um three parts right three parts yes yes um no i i said this at the reunion that you know there's a formula for any show and there's a formula for reality television shows and there are formulas within that for housewife shows and you know, shows that are about family and shows that are about, you know, whatever, about makeovers, there's a formula. And these shows that that we are on are about relationships and, you know, the ebbs and flows of those relationships. And you watch for the ebbing and the flowing and the ebbing and then the flowing. And if we were all just, you know, braiding each other's, braiding each other's hair and like feeding each other oatmeal and smiling and laughing it's like okay I'm bored this is boring so you watch for the contention as much as you watch for you know the fashions and you know the friendships and the and how it all kind of like melds together and me arguing with her was an age-old thing that you had seen on every show from OC all the way to um, Salt Lake Lake City, right? Um, That was not out of the ordinary. Um, What was out of the ordinary was what happened when one person realized they could not handle the verbal stylings of Candace's arguing. And that's not my problem or my business. You need to go take that up with whomever you pray to and leave me out of it and leave me alone and stop lying. Lying how so? Lying about everything. Like lying about all of it. And I don't want to get into all of that, but I mean, you just watching the show, you've seen the severe discrepancies in what has been said via blogs and her and her team and then what was aired and bravo bravo doesn't owe me anything to to um, hide anything or make me look better than i need to look um and they haven't they showed everything as it happened and there were so many discrepancies and lies and you know half truths and mistruths from the very beginning to this very day is there anything about like that scene that you feel like wasn't shown by Bravo? Oh my God. What's funny, and this is this is unprecedented for Bravo. They essentially showed the raw footage. I was expecting them to chop it up and you know cut things and move things around because I did have the raw footage that was subpoenaed when I filed my charges. So I did get to I didn't actually watch it for 
several months. But when I did watch it, it was, you know, long. And of course they cut out, like they cut out, like she was walking around looking for me for a long time. So they shortened that. But <clears throat> no, the, the chronology of it, every, they literally just pushed play and just let it ride. There was no doctoring at all, really, from what, what I saw. You know, things happened after I left, I can't speak. Well, yes, I can, because I saw those on camera, on the raw footage too. All of that was as it happened. When she was walking around looking for you on the raw footage that wasn't edited, what was that like? An hour, like approximately? Maybe like five to seven minutes. Wow. Yeah. So that was cut down. Just opening doors, like not saying anything, just walking, looking in the dark, like, like wow. they do in the zoo. Did you feel like as this was happening or right, like, did you feel <clears throat> unsafe or did you feel like producers broke it up as quick as they reacted? Or did you feel... You know, sometimes when things are happening, you have a moment yeah. of like, you don't know what's going on. Like, yeah. you know, like you get punched in the face and you say, ow, like right. 20 minutes later. Like, yeah, did you right. feel unsafe or was it like immediate, everyone's jumping on everyone to break this up? I, it all happened so fast. Um, but I remember very quickly feeling like there were 20 people on top of me. So I think that, you know, there was a quick reaction. And then when you see it, when you see it, it kind of looks like it was a little bit delayed to me. But I felt like in the, in, in the moment as I'm there, it, it felt like people were, you know, coming in to kind of pull us apart or pull her away um, quickly. That's how it felt. So that's good, right? I mean, yeah. so you didn't really feel unsafe other than what was happening per se. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I feel like it's not, it's not Bravo's or Truly's responsibility to, you know, keep us from being physically accosted. Like, this is not WWE, this is Housewives. And no one expected someone who is, you know, employed and at work to lose it like that and fly off the handle. So. Yeah, I mean, certainly this isn't what anyone expects going yeah. to work. Yeah. No. producers because I mean the amount of time something like physical education has happened in reality tv yeah well especially in housewives it's few and far between 100 percent. yeah there's always a there's a line and I think a lot we've seen a lot of housewives push the envelope and like push the line I've always used uh Lisa Renna as an example when she cracks that glass on the table like, don't you talk about my husband um that and of course you know um, I think Portia and Kenya kind of took it too far. Um, but you've seen a lot, Leanne, when she like pulls off her belt and, and she and went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. So you've seen people, you know, push the line, but never really cross it outside of um, Portia, who is, has proven herself to be um, the sidekick of all. I guess Monique would be Portia's sidekick and just the, the two wild people defending each other, which is very cute. Um, but you, you know the line when you have sense and, as I like to say, scruples. Um, and when you don't, when you, when you don't, it shows. It shows 
how you were raised and who you really are. And speaking of like sides and like Portia, like, so when all, you know, this happens, everyone talks about it before it happens, you know, it's pretty clear from watching it what happens. What about all of the online people who were like, you know, you baited her, you know, I mean, I'm not saying this, but what about when all of that was happening? I mean, there was some element of that. Oh, there was a lot of that. That, for me, it felt like that was all of it. That bombarded, it It. it took over. Um, that's the kind of stuff that can send people to the loony bin. It can send you, you know, underneath a bottle of pills. It can send you out. It can take you out. And it, it almost took me out. And I mean, I imagine it's hard. Because I mean, even like we're all on social media. I mean, yeah. Like, I imagine it's hard not to read all of that when you're going through it. Well, I, you know, I try to be as, you know, as honest and authentic as I can be. And I'm not, I'm never going to sit up here. Like, you know, I'm, I have no problem admitting to you that, yeah, I watched reality TV. Yes, I watched Potomac before I was on it. I watched Atlanta. Of course I did. I have no problem admitting that, yeah, I, you know, I've, I've been, I understand what, what it feels like to be in that place. And then eventually you just started ignoring all those comments and moving on. Well, yes, to this day, it's still difficult, but I've gotten a lot better. My, I think my skin has gotten a lot thicker. I thought I had thick skin. I, I, I didn't, I was wrong about that. Um, but no, yes, I think that over time you either adjust to it or it consumes you and I'm still here so it hasn't consumed me so you just you learn to adjust and and understand you know the psych for me it's under it's understanding the psychology behind it and that most of these people are they don't know they know not what they do or what they say they're just spouting off and my issue is I always sort of put myself in everybody else's position. So I'm always quick to say, I would never do that. I would never say that. And I always use the example when, before I was ever known for reality television and I'm watching like the Kardashians, I never felt entitled enough to get on my phone and tell Kim Kardashian what I thought about her. Like she, Kim does not care. You, you, are, you are a blip on the map. You are a crumb you know, in a haystack to Kim. Why do you feel so entitled to let her know that you think that she is, you know, wearing clothes that are too tight or her hair is ugly or that she's a whore or whatever people say about her? Why, like, who who do you think you are? And that's that's another thing about social media. It's created this, another kind of culture that gives people access to people and it makes them think they're entitled to bits and pieces of their lives that they're just, you're not entitled to this. And because I share my life with you does not give you license to just think that you own every part of me and can comment on every part of me with, with no reaction or no response. I could not agree with you more. I have every, I don't understand it at all. I don't know, never like you in a million trillion years, would I ever pick up my phone and think to say, you look disgusting last night on the show. How dare you wear, I don't understand what, 
Well, like, and I mean, for so I would never do that, but I also, you know, I have all these guests on and yeah. people will then comment on my own thing, like blah, blah, blah. And I hate this person. And they go, and I'm like, well, okay. I mean, I'm still going to have this person back on. Oh, right. Yes. I don't agree with that. And why? I don't understand. Did you listen to the episode? Cause it sounds like you did. <laughs> so I don't understand it. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's this weird, like people want to be heard. I think they want you to respond. I think they, they want to be heard. Yeah, they do. That's, that's what I've learned as well is that people, my husband is better at this than I am. He's really good about kind of when people say evil things to him, he'll be like, well, well, thanks. That's really nice. That's what I do. And people will respond back and be like, oh my God, he responded. I'm so sorry. I didn't think you would ever see it. It's like, what? And he turns them into fans. I have not mastered that because, you know, I'm going to be like, you know, suck a dick. You are an asshole and like, you know, throw like three GRE words at them and then they get really offended and then they repost it and then they bring seven trolls back with them and now they're all like, like trying to, you know, take me and, out of here. And is Chris just like, just kill them with kindness? For the most part. He has moments where he will also be like, you know, explicative, explicative, you blah, 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 you bleep, 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 bleep. And we, you know, we're human. Everybody has those moments. And, you know, it's, you don't realize how intense it is until and unless you are in it. It really is crazy. Was it harder, like, watching it back? Or it wasn't any worse than being in it? Or is it just like, this happened the fallout and now, you know, you've been hearing about this for months before the show came back and now you have to get sent, you know, the weeklies and to watch it before it comes out. It was all incredibly difficult for me, all of it. Like hearing about it before it all aired and, you know, all of the different versions of different stories. And then, you know, having the season or the trailer come out was really hard. Um, all the commentary. And then it's also, it's a, I'm big on energy. And I felt all of this just toxic energy coming from everywhere. It was, it was like in the air. It was, I was breathing it in. It was awful. That, I just, I felt like there were so many eyeballs on me at all times like even in the shower I'm like god like can they see me in here like that's how it, it that sounds crazy but that's how that's how it was for the the entire literally I probably did not feel a weight lifted off of me until re, we shot the reunion I think as I was walking off the set is when I really felt like I was able to leave everything on the set and and truly begin you know the the healing process of moving forward and get, and getting the closure i was just going to say closure cuz i mean you filmed this and you know now you have to promote it like i mean you yeah. have no choice you work for bravo and you're going to have right. to talk about this yeah so that's not an easy thing cuz no, i mean i would think like there are probably things like you didn't see like when you watched it back and you know they show Monique in with a producer saying, let me free, I'm going to kill her. Or she's been yeah. asking for this and yeah. all that. Like that, you must've just been like, what? It was, 
I mean, the first time you see it, the first time I saw it, I didn't, I was numb. But then, of course, I watched it so many times and I felt every emotion. I was shocked. I was disgusted. I was angry about it. I felt like I'd been violated. I felt betrayed because this was someone that in my, in my mind was really my friend. Um, and then you see all of these responses and, you know, people claiming that I'm playing the victim and people seeing things that absolutely did not happen. Like I've heard so many versions of the story where I picked up a knife and I was jabbing at her with a knife. I threw a bottle, I threw the glass, like all before she touched me. And like most of that is not true. The, the truth is, yes, I did have the glass that I was holding in my hand. And after I was pulled out onto the table and being punched in my head, yes, I was swinging the glass because I'm being punched in the top of my head and death gripped by a psychotic person, a crazy person. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, do, did you want me to just do nothing? Like, you know, like ball up and cry and let her beat me up? Like, yeah. And I mean, it's easy for people to say something, but like when you are physically throwing hands on you, I mean, yeah. I don't know what you're supposed to do. No, I'm, I'm supposed to do what I did. And I would do exactly, I would do it exactly the same way if that ever happened again. And if I was, if I ever lost my mind and decided to film with someone like her again, it would happen again. I never would. I never will. But if I, if I was just completely a crazy psycho and I did, it would happen again. She would do it again. So you have like no regrets about this particular situation, like how you handled it? Well, I mean, I regret that it happened as a whole. I wish that none of it had happened. I wish that I had just walked away from her again. I, I walked away from her three or four times before this when she was trying to start an argument. And I would, you know, sort of glaze it over with a, you know, I'm sorry, or I'm, I apologize that you feel that way. Or I did that multiple times, as you all saw. And I didn't do it this time. I engaged her probably mostly because I had been drinking some wine and I was, you know, kind of in my, in my, you know, Candace wine drinking place. Um, but I, yeah, I, I wish every day that I had just walked away again, but she, she would have, it would have still happened. She still would have gone to that place. I'm actually glad it happened where it did happen. Because imagine if we had, if she was able to go to Portugal, which she was not, um, and it had happened in a foreign country. Like, there, you know, we're already a spectacle. You've got six black women walking around with a crew of 50. We already look like a big red sore thumb. So, you, you know, it's like, what if it had happened there? And who knows who would have called the police? And now we're in Portuguese jail. And it's, it, could have been, it could have been a lot worse, which I can't believe I'm saying that. But it was inevitable. It's, that's exactly what she wanted to happen. She wanted to fight. And think about it. I don't know. What if this happened for whatever reason off camera? Like you were... That would be, do you ever think yeah. about that? I mean, that would be. Yeah. And there, there weren't, it took 
these two large men to pry her off of me. If, if they had not been there, you know, and it had been, it was, it was just me and like one of my girlfriends or me and if my husband was, my husband was there, I don't think it would have happened quite like that. But what if it were just me and Chris? And, you know, it's, you, you really, you just, you don't know. You have no idea. And that's, that's the bottom line is that you have a person who is as unpredictable as she is, who will use any and every excuse and, you know, version of a fairy tale fallacy in the book to justify her behavior. I mean, her story changed 15,000 times and with a straight face and no remorse, she's panhandling these cockamamie stories across the United States. Like, like people don't have eyes and ears and discernment. Thank you for tuning into our part one sit down with Miss Candace Dillard Bassett. Coming soon, part two, where we get more into the physical altercation, what was going through Candace's mind at the time, what is it like the next morning, the range of emotions that go through your mind, the lawsuit, how Bravo handled it, Ashley, Karen, the other women. We cover it all, guys. Thanks for tuning into this special part one sit down with Miss Candace Dillard Bassett and part two coming soon. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. Because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones. And the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.